You're listening to Navid Musa of The Mindset Movement. Good day, good people. My name is Navi Musa. I'm your host today and always for the Mindset Movement, the podcast. Um, long-time listeners, we appreciate you, uh, your loyalty. First-time listeners, welcome. And what we try to do here is provide value every single day um, in all facets of life. Uh, I use it through real estate because that's my background, and I try to bring guests on whenever I can. Um, and these guests that I bring on hopefully bring you guys value as much as they did to myself and to my family. And um, listen, the purpose of this podcast has grown over the past two, three years, and it's always the idea has never changed. It's if you want to be a better person than you were yesterday, you'll come to the right space. And that's whether it be through education or just through dialogue um, and going going from there. So today we have Anthony Romano from Romano Costellum Agency. Um, welcome. Thanks for coming out. Thank uh, you, so I'm here in PA and he's from New Jersey. So he drove down, you know, right next door to come here to, to, to record this. And the reason why I wanted you here, Anthony, is I know we, we do business together and we talk in general. And um, lately on, on social media, someone had posted a video about this um, banking for the wealthy, this in, yes. in infinite banking, infinity banking, how are you phrasing stuff like that? And um, I brought it to your attention and you're like, well, yeah, it's, it's possible. I'm like, well, shit, you never told me about it, you know? So, um, but that's how we learn, right? We talk, we ask questions and, 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 and we educate ourselves. So there's a lot to cover because, there is. Um, and I mean a lot, and I'm not going to lie. If you're listening to this, you may have to pause and rewind, listen over and over again, because I had to pause him and rewind it because he was explaining some stuff that was way over my head. So having said that, that doesn't mean you guys aren't going to learn anything. That doesn't mean that this is for the ultra elite or for those who are super experienced. Um, I've told Anthony, he's agreed so graciously uh, in the words of Michael Scott, explain to me like I'm five years old, right? Because insurance, I think insurance gets a bad rap personally. I think people find insurance boring but I think they find it boring because um, they don't know what to ask because it can be treated as a, it can be looked at as a scam. You know, um, I, I tell people all the time insurance and a lot of the stuff in life is almost like I was telling you before, it was almost like the phone. When your phone's on 50%, you're like, I got some more time. But when your phone's at 20%, 10% and that low battery mode comes on and the red light comes on, you're like, you're, you're all looking for the charger, right? So for an insurance policy, and for argument's sake, well, I'm just going to use the car insurance. When we get our policy for our automotive automobiles, we just want the lowest possible payment. That may mean a $2,000, $1,000 deductible. As long as we get that lower payment, that's fine. And then we get into a car accident. Then we're like, shit, I got $1,000 deductible. Well, you wanted the lower payment, right? But no one thinks about insurance until they need it. And, and, and not only that, <clears throat> go ahead. people think about insurance think about what am I going to get in return if something bad happens? Yes. If not how can I utilize this plan or this policy, you know, when, when everything's going great. Yeah. And, and absolutely because every time money goes out, we want to get something for it. Right. So we pay our cable bill, we can turn the TV cable comes on. We pay our cell phone bill, we can get a text message. So when we pay for something, we're so used to seeing something, uh, an initial benefit from the door. That's not insurance, at least not all of it. So um, I don't even know where to start, <laughs> right? So let, let's talk about this, this banking for the quote unquote banking for the wealthy, as, as it said, banking for the wealthy is infinite banking system. Let's kind of start from that and, and let's just see where, where it goes. 
So, so there are there are certain plans, there are certain strategies that we use insurance products for outside of you know, what your normal retirement plan with, with your employer, uh, your 401ks, your IRAs, right? We use this infinite banking system, right? Okay. Basically building our own bank by funding a policy, not for the, the specifics of a death benefit, for cash value that grows over time. But the death benefit is there. Death benefit is there. From day one, depending on what your contribution is, depending on what how we structure right, our plan, mm. the death benefit is there from day one. Okay. Right? And, and there's a cash bucket right, in this plan that we put together that will grow tax-free over time and it's distributed to you tax-free before your retirement age. So you're basically using... But you're funding it with after-tax dollars, though. Funding it with after-tax dollars. Okay. Right? It works almost like a Roth IRA Okay. with, with no ceiling, no cap. Right? You just have okay. to commit to a certain contribution on a monthly basis. Because a Roth IRA has a uh, cap of 6000 6, $6, annual annually. contribution. Okay. After you're, after you're 50 years old, you're allowed 7000 in your contribution. Okay. But, in, but that's it. But in this, you're saying someone and, can and contribute. With, and with the Roth. You have okay. to wait till you're 59 and a half to touch that cash. And when you touch the Roth cash, is that, um, is that taxed at that time? So no. So a Roth IRA will, will grow tax-free. Okay. And you can take that money out tax-free. Tax -free. Okay. Once you hit the retirement age. Okay. So we're going to discuss. Certain people just to, just to interject a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain individuals that are, that are over income requirement. There are income requirements where you're not able to contribute to a Roth. Okay. All right. So, so we use this as almost as a alternative. All right. So, so tax-free plan. So, so far y'all with us, right? So we, for those who have an IRAs individual retirement account, there's different one. There's SD self-directed, there's Roth IRAs, educational IRAs, and um, they all have limitations on what you can and can't do with them. Um, first, and I probably should have said this to begin with, this is not financial advice, right? Not financial advice, not legal advice. I say, say the same thing too, just in case, make yes. sure you're legal. Okay. So he's agreeing that's not financial. Otherwise, we, we ain't trying to get sued. Um, but we, we just want to educate you guys the best we can. And I'm still trying to educate myself learning this. Uh, 47 years old at the time of this recording. And I want to, I guess some people call late bloomer. Uh, as far as financial education wise of, of getting myself set up. Um, but I don't want my kids to have that same path. I, I don't want my audience to have the same path. I definitely have nieces and nephews who are you know, half my age or more than, you know, less than half my age, if you will, or more than half my age, however you want to phrase it. Um, so this is not just for, as I said, we're not just for the ultra rich. This is for anybody. If you're working, okay, if you're 15, 16 years, you're working, they can do this. Is that accurate? The ultra wealthy, these plans, like, why can't we? Okay. There's, there's, no, <clears throat> there's no contribution that you have to make. And this can be the substitute for like a five, not substitute for five two nine, but in addition to a five two nine essentially. Exactly. Right. Okay. All right. So let's. What does this look like now? Tell. Now I know you talked about the thing called you know four square. You know I'm, I'm using that. I know it could be more squares. Yes. Um. And you use that as a way for people to um. People to kind of figure out because, again, yeah, so, let's be honest, right? Sorry, we're so, so let's be honest. A lot of us don't budget. We don't. We just know, here's my paycheck. I get paid on this day and I got these bills to go out. Whatever's left over is for groceries and spending money. We don't know what that leftover amount is. We just know there's a dollar figure. We don't say 10%, 20%. We just say whatever is left over. 
And I think that's a, it's a different discussion for a different day, but I think we kind of, and I think your, your, your approach, the Foursquare Method approach is a good way on dual purpose for people to realize what they truly have left over and what they can, can, can contribute to create this system. So, exactly. so, so you go ahead. In, in a nutshell, the, the four, what I like to call it is, is four squares. So what we do is we try to figure out you know, at the end of the month, right? We break it down on a monthly basis, right? You write down the money that you have coming in, right? And your, your necessity expenses, whether it's your mortgage, your rent, right? Your car payment. So is it fair to say your necessity expenses are your fixed expenses? Like the your set? Fixed, your fixed expenses, exactly. Okay. So we'll do it. We'll, I'll have you do an exercise where you, where you write down all the money you have coming in on a monthly basis, all the money you come, have coming out. Right? Okay. And that figure, yep. right? That, that, that dollar amount that you have at the end of the month, right? That's going to be your spendable income. That's going to be what we have left over. Right? And, and most people say, hey, I don't, I don't know how I, I'm making all this money. I don't have that many expenses. I don't know where all my money goes. All right. So we're going to actually show you guys that. So he's going to actually do a four square one for us real quick. And then we're going to kind of see how that goes. So, so we have somebody, um, you know, they have 5,000 of income coming in every month. Okay, so that's take home pay. That's take home. Five, right? Okay. Their bills or expenses are yep. 2,500 a month. Okay. All right. So we're going to have. That leaves us with twenty five hundred excess, right? That's our okay. spendable income at gotcha. the end of the month. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take that twenty five hundred, we're gonna yep. divide it by four. Okay. Like six six two five rate or something like that. Yeah. Take the previous piece of paper. Okay. Two squares, right? All right. Hold on to two. Okay. I want you to take the other two. So I got two squares at 6.25 in each one. Take the other two and put two aside. Put these two aside? Two to the side. Okay, so we'll put them right there. All right. Okay. So that's right Right there you have in your hand, you have around 1,200. Uh, 12.50. Right? Yeah. So 12.50. Divide that by four. 12.50 divided by four? Uh, three, like 315, something, 315, like something roughly. Like yeah. So you're going to, after all your expenses are paid, yep. right, you're going to have around $315 a week. Do whatever you want with it. Okay. So we did 5,000 take home pay, 2,500 out the door, 2,500 left includes over. Your, that includes your, all your expenses. Right. That's your groceries, your, groceries, your mortgage, car note, right? cell phone, everything. Exactly. Okay, so then we have six twenty five left over because six twenty five essentially is uh twenty five hundred dollars, twenty five two thousand five hundred dollars divided by four four weeks in in a month on average. Right. So we have about six twenty five left over per week. Six twenty five per week. No, so 
315 per week, which is if you want to break it down on a weekly basis. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So go ahead. And, and, and again, we can, yeah, can we, we can, we can add a square depending on you know, what the numbers come out to be. Okay. Whatever makes you comfortable. If you can live on $315 a week in excess money, whether you're going to get your nails done, you're going to get a haircut, okay. you're going to go out to dinner, whatever it may be. The other two squares now. The two I put over here. Two you put over there. Yep. Right. That's $12.50 a month that we have to allocate. Okay, so we're we're gonna do something with this money. Ain't just not just gonna sit there. That okay, that money is just not, you know, what happened to my money? Where where did it go? Okay, right? because we we broke it down where we already paid your bills, right? We're giving you some excess spending money per week, right? Now now we're we're having we're showing some discipline where we're taking two of those squares and we're putting that money to work for you, right? Okay. Now you work hard for your money. Now we want your money to start working for you. And there is no minimum for this, right? There's no minimum. So, and I'm, I'm bringing that up because some people are looking at the same. I mean, I don't got $300 left over every single week. And that's very realistic. Okay. I get it. We all get it. We understand that everyone is, no two people are like everyone's financial situation is different. However, um, this exercise, as Anthony alluded to, if we need to do more squares, we do more squares. Right. So if you don't have the 300 or the 600, whatever the, do the dollar figures are, even if it's 25 bucks left over a week. Exactly. And, th and there's, there's different things come up every month. Right? Yeah. You may have, uh, you have to fix your car. You may go on vacation and have a wedding to go to. Right. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to dip into that third square or take the whole third square. Okay. Right? But at the end of the day, we want to at least put that one square away. Okay. Right? We're putting that to work. Perfect right. world. Take half of that, right? Two of those squares. And we all right. So we're going to live in a perfect world for now for all intent purposes. And so I got two squares over here. We're going to put them to work because these two squares over here are doing what now? What are these doing? Those two squares are, you can spend whatever you, whatever you like to. Okay. So this is my money. That's your money. That's your, this is the money that's going to work. That's your play money. This is the money that I worked for that I'm not going to put to work. So it works for me. Correct. Is that the best way to put it? Yes, okay. So we got it. I got two squares. This is mine. I do whatever the hell I want with it. This is one to get me out of my W-2, essentially. That's what we're going to try to do, or at least create some kind of our infinite banking for ourselves. Right. All right, let's go. So the rule of thumb, you know, what I, what I like to do is 5% of the money you're bringing in, yep. if you can, yep. you'd like to put into some type of product that's going to work tax-free. Okay. Because most of, the, most of the products that we have, most of the products that are out there um, that your employer provides, are all going to be taxable, not touch this money until retirement. 59 and a half, 65 and a half, whatever so, those so, are. So in this, in this scenario, yep. right, 5% of that 5,000 coming in yep. is $250 a month. Yep. So out of that $1,250 a month, right, we're going to take $250. Right. So remember that $1,250 came from, we had $625, two squares, $625. That was a $1,250. 5%. Of the, of the income, of the income we're making on a monthly basis. Okay. Right. Which yep. is the 250. We're going to put into a, our own banking system. Right. We're going to put that into our own banking system. It's going to grow tax free, distribute it to you tax free, and you have access to this pool of money at any point in time before retirement. Okay. And so rather than using money from your bank, you are going to use money from your infinite banking system 
to fund any, you know, future investments. investments it that could you be have. anything, you know, that, that you want to use it for, but it's, it's you're going to get paid a dividend, right, on this money rather than making nothing in the bank and getting crushed with inflation. Yeah. You're actually losing money. We're actually losing money at that point. Right now. Yeah. Gas, milk, eggs. Yeah, everything. Air. Right? Anyway. <clears throat> so the 250, right? Yep. We're going to, going to safely put into into our banking system so look at the 250 this way guys look at the 250 is you investing in yourself 250 is like your seed money right your your seed money to start your own business and your business has to be this this banking business you're gonna get into this infinite banking system so it's 250 and i'm, and I'm saying that this way is because i don't want a lot of people to think we're so used to like we said before you pay a bill you pay your cell phone bill your cell phone works you pay your cable bill you get to watch TV. When we pay something, we want to see something in return right away. This is not going to see something in return right away. You're not, I'm not going to put in 250 on Monday and be able to draw 500 on Tuesday. This is nothing like that. This is not a get rich quick scheme. We're not talking about get rich. We're talking about wealth. We're talking about wealth building here. So keep that, please keep that in mind. Rich is one thing. Wealth is different. Rich is a one night stand. Okay. Wealth is a long-term relationship. So if you're thinking you're going to do this so you can start investing on January 1 of 2022 and then get paid and be, and, and, and be on the easy street January 1st of 2023 at only $250 uh, a month, no, it's not going to happen. I'm being very honest with you guys, okay? I just don't want anyone thinking that they're going to do this to get rich quick overnight. We're talking about building wealth for you, your spouse, and your children but you're never too old or never too late to start. And, 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 right. not, and not, only, not only will, will this be, nobody likes taxes, right? Yeah. Not only, <laughs> not only will this be a tax-free vehicle, yes. but you know, unlike, unlike, most, um, unlike most products, you know, it, it's, going to, it's going to be very functional where it's, it's going to take, a, it's going to take a, a little while to build, but you know, you're going to have access to pull money from this at, at any point in time. Okay. Remember, y'all bust your asses and pay taxes and you get paid. Now you can get money you are making and make it work for you. That's the idea of this. It's for your money to start working for you. So let's go. So we put in 250. Now what we're doing? Put in 250. Now you have the, you have the other thousand yep. to allocate, right? Okay. You can speak to your advisor. You can, you can speak to anybody, you know. Speak that, to you? Speak to me. Speak to you. Okay. Yeah, speak to me. Um, and, and figure out where can we put this other thousand, right? Some people you know, are looking to buy a home or, or invest with Naveed in a, in a real estate project very in the, the near future, Yeah. right? So you can start allocating that money into, you know, into a different account. You can, put, you can open up a, you know, different retirement accounts as well if you'd like to, but it, it's just basically forming some discipline and, and giving yourself a visual of, what money do I have left over at the end of the month? And where is it going? Yeah. So this, right. I hope you guys are catching this. I said a lot of stuff being, like a lot of uh, dollars being dropped, as the kids say, right? Because this is not just get you ready for what you're talking about, but I think everyone just needs a budget, period, to begin with. Yeah. And this four square method, I think, is an amazing way to at least get it started. You're making um, yourself aware of- uh, Yeah, of what you have, what you don't have, which I think is hard, right? Because people don't want to admit I think it's probably, probably a lot of times people don't do a budget is they don't want to face the reality of 
shit, I'm spending my money and I don't know where it's going. And this is going to let them see where it's going. I mean, at the end of the year, some, some people look and they don't realize, oh, I'm paying for two or three subscriptions that I don't want to use. Yeah, where they really could be putting the money into this. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of it. There's no minimum, stuff like that. So um, I hate to keep it, I don't want to keep, and I'm sorry if I'm pissing you guys off or interrupting him. I just want to make sure that everything gets covered to the best of the ability. You're putting in 250, the other $1,000, they talk, to, they talk to you for advice. They talk to me for real estate investments, whatever. They've decided to do something with that that they're comfortable with. Fine. That's January 250, February 250, March 250, April 250. So I've now, I've contributed $1,000 over the four months. Okay. Now, let's talk about, I mean, everyone talks about policies and stuff like that. Um, again, it's not financial advice. I'm not going to hold you to the fire here. Can you give me a rough idea? 35-year-old person, 20-year-old person. What are we looking at? What do the numbers actually look at at, that, at these ages? 50-year-old person, I don't know, whatever you want. Or he's bringing up some, some shit for y'all now. Y'all in trouble. <laughs> so we're, we're going to go with the 250 number? Uh, yeah, you, you tell me. I mean, I'm sure we can go higher and lower and stuff like that, but what I don't want is people to then think, well, I don't got, I don't got 600 bucks laying on every single month, stuff like that. But then again, doing the four square thing, they may realize they got 600 bucks. And, and, and again, around. listen, with the 1250 left over, right? Yep. If you're not, you're not allocating you know, that money into something different, well, you, could, you could push yourself, right? You could do 500 a month. Into this one. Okay. Right. So, so I have it, I have an individual that's putting away $500 a month. Okay. 34 year old. Okay. From day one, right? $6,000 annual premium, $500 a month, however you want to fund the policy. Okay. Day one, the, the death benefit's $334,000. All right, so $300 what? $334,000 for this specific individual. $334,000. Healthy individual. Death benefit. Correct. And that means basically at $500 bucks a month? $500. Bucks a month. $500 a month. And let's say that individual is me. I'm, I'm 34, 30, 34, 34 years old, 34 years old, pretty good health for the most part. We understand those variables about underwriting. We, we get all that. We're just going to make some assumptions here that uh, I'm 34. I'm putting in 500 bucks a month as a death benefit. I'm married with children. In five months, I've put in $2,500. And then on the sixth month, God forbid, come June, I, I'm done. I'm I, my, my, my ticket's been called. My man upstairs says, I need you Put up here. Put 3000 into the policy after the six months. What happens? What happens at $334,000? So, so, so your beneficiary, yep. in this case, right, would be your spouse, yep. would collect tax-free almost $335,000. All that I've only put in benefit. three grand. Only put in three grand. So that's your safety net in terms of right, covering your... Kids going funeral to school, or school costs, or, whatever know, the, the income that's going to be missed from you not not providing for your family. Okay, right? so that's that's your safety net right there in the short term. So think about this. So those listening, watching, wherever you're getting this information at right now, we always want to talk about. We want to be we're we're priceless, right? We're priceless things. We all were, you know, we're we're invaluable. Your policy is going to speak. Let's admit it to your value to an extent, of course. So if you want to be cheap and get a hundred thousand dollar policy, so be it. 
But if you're going to talk around here and saying that you're this and that, and you're going to provide and be and be the ultimate person to help, then step up your game and get the bigger policy, right? And, and listen, this is this is permanent, right? So a lot of people, whenever they hear life insurance, they think about- Yeah, perm, holders, all these phrases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30-year, okay. right? if I die, my, my beneficiary is going to get, get the money. If I outlive the term, that's it, right? Money's out the window. Yep. I, I lose out on, on everything I put into it. So the, basically, there's two parts of this policy, right? There's a, there's a cash bucket, which is we're going to call our own bank. Okay. Right? It's our own banking system. Yep. And then there's the death benefit yep. that's there, you know, if we pass away yep. or when we pass away. If we, so, you live to 100, somebody's going to get paid no matter what. So this monthly fee that we're, we're paying, this premium, yes. is feeding two, two beasts, essentially. Right. It's feeding your death, uh, your death benefit, and it's also feeding the cash value portion of it correct okay how does that look what is that year one year two how, how does so, that so in the beginning of your policy yep. right, most of the premium is going to go to fund that death benefit okay so death benefit is almost like a mortgage pretty much I think it's, you make a mortgage payment bulk of it goes to interest most of it goes to the interest in the beginning of the policy okay the beginning of the plan yep right so with, with this product beginning most of the premium is going to go towards the death benefit but over time it'll it, swap it's gonna it's gonna go more towards the cash it's going to you're getting paid a dividend on that cash that you're putting in and it's almost like a pushing pushing a snowball down a hill right give you a snowball effect where the cash is going to grow the keeps going and get bigger 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 okay so, so you're going to have two different buckets that that are going to increase over time okay so a dividend is you'll get the dividend off of the money you've already put in. Right. Because it is a bank. Remember, we, we talked about this. You're creating your own bank. It's your own and bank. Banks pay dividends. And, and, and basically what you are is, it's, so it's not a bank. It's a, it's a mutual company where you're, you're a policyholder. Okay. All right. So, so, so what you're doing is you're basically participating, right? Yep. In, in the company's profits. And they're, they're getting paid a dividend. Off of that. All right. So one payment can, is creating two different avenues of financial security yes. for your family. One is the, the, the debt bucket. As you said, the other one is, is this fund that you're putting your money into. This, exactly. This which bank you, which you have access to right, along the plan. So I can access from day one, day 21. You can access day one, day, day, day 60. You know, Doesn't year, matter. Year five. <clears throat> gotcha. Right? Okay. But the purpose of this plan is, is to give it some time to grow. Yeah. And you want to use, you want to have access and use this cash before retirement, right? Because let me ask you this. If, if you, you look to fund an investment property, right? Yep. Where do you get that money? I'm going to go to a bank. I'm going to go to a lender. I'm going to go to yeah, someone who gives me the money for it. And so, so number one, when, when you put your money in the bank. Get nothing for it. You're getting a fraction <laughs> of a percentage. On fraction it. of a cent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fraction of a percent. <laughs> with inflation, right, you're essentially losing, losing money. Losing money. Yep. Putting it in the bank. Right. The second thing you said is, is you're borrowing money from a lender. Yeah. When you're borrowing money from a lender, you're paying interest. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what we're doing right now is we're, you're funding right, your own system where you're, you're getting dividends on that cash. And when you take money out, you're borrowing it. Essentially, you're taking a collateralized loan okay. from your policy and you're borrowing it for yourself. So I'm borrowing for myself. I'm going to pay myself back with interest. Correct. And who decides that interest? So, so the interest is, ba is based on, you know, the, the interest rates. 
Okay. So whatever Federal Reserve says, prime plus and all that other stuff. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So it's not like if I if I'm I'm not a seasoned banker, I have to figure out interest rates and taxes and all that kind of no, stuff. So it, so the money that you're taking out, right? Let's say let's say I take we'll, out a hundred. We'll give you an example, right? Let's say let's say you take out fifty thousand from your policy. Okay. And there was a hundred thousand in there. Okay. Right? You're still gonna get your dividend on that hundred thousand of cash that was in there. Although I took out fifty grand. Although you took out fifty grand, you're still gonna get a dividend on that full amount. Okay. And you're going to pay a loan amount, right? A, a loan interest rate off the fifty that the fifty thousand that you took out. But essentially, it's a wash because you're getting a dividend still on that hundred thousand. Well, yeah. Plus, so you're also out. still paying yourself back. Right. <laughs> the interest because rate. You're still, and you're still funding your policy. You're still paying, paying that premium every month. So it's still growing. The cash is still growing. So a hundred, and we're just going to use. Right now, I've got a cash value of a hundred thousand dollars in my yeah. policy. Can I take the four hundred thousand dollars out? Was there a percentage? So you can take up to ninety-five percent of the cash out okay. without a tax consequence. Right? So if I go we're looking to avoid taxes. Yeah, correct. So but if I go above ninety-five, it's tax it becomes a taxable event. It becomes a taxable event. Right? Okay. So we don't want to do that, right? <clears throat> you really don't want to take out ninety-five percent personally. If I have a hundred thousand dollar cash value in there, I'm taking out fifty thousand dollars. I'm still making my monthly contribution for that premium. So yes. that's that's still coming in for me. The dividends are still coming in based off the full value of the hundred thousand dollars. I said it's a form of another form of income that way. I took this fifty thousand dollar loan out. I have to now pay that back to myself with interest. So that's more money coming back in. And if I'm smart, I did it right. That fifty thousand dollars that I took out from that, let's just say that bought me a rental property. That fifty thousand dollar collateralized loan, correct? You said okay. I'm going to buy a piece of property with that 50 grand and that's going to draw me income. I'm going to make 500 bucks a month in rent. Let's just say off that. So I'm paying back this loan and I got the dividends coming in. Plus I'm making my premium. Plus I now have cash flow coming in from the rental. Is that right? Exactly. So, Damn. So, so, the, pur so the purpose of it is, <laughs> oh, is crap. so you're, you're using, right? You're, you're not, you're still making money on your policy. It's still working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still working like your machine. Yeah. And you're taking that money out and you're putting it somewhere else to get a higher return. So essentially, if I, again, if I do it right, the asset that I purchased with the loan that I took out from myself to pay myself back could potentially make enough money where it's actually paying my premium for me as well. Yes, right. So, so that asset that you bought, yeah. the, the, the passive income that's coming in, now fund your policy. Y'all hear this? <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's dope. There's no other way to put it. And now, you know, people always ask, what happens if I never pay it back, right? If I never put the money back in the policy, right? It, it might not, the, the cash might not grow, right? As fast as it would, if you don't put the money back in the policy. And Understood. If, and, and if you pass away, that, that amount that you took out is going to come off the death penalty. Okay, so if I took out the 50 grand, I got a $300,000 death benefit. I now have a $250,000 debt benefit. Correct. That's still fine because yeah, the so asset that I bought it doesn't matter. Your just... beneficiary is still going to get way more than what you contributed to the plan. That's wow. Now, to, to, <laughs> to switch the gear a little bit. Okay. You, so you give an example of, of, of taking money out, right? Yep. It for investment purposes. Yep. Now, this can also be used as a, as a supplement. 
retire. Like if you're building up, basically you're, like building, a pension. you're building a tax-free pension, right? Uh, okay. So, so for an, for an individual in, in this specific scenario, being $500 a month. Okay. Right. So, we'll, so we'll, 500 a month at $6,000 a year. $6,000 a year. And do it for 30 years. 30 years. That's right? 180, so, 180 grand. So we're looking at 180,000. Okay. Just funded into the policy. Right. Yep. You're done. 65. You're done funding the policy. Cash value, right? Total cash value at age 65. It's close to 340,000 tax-free cash that you can pull out in retirement. Because you're putting in the, the 500 bucks a month and you're, five, and you're getting a dividend off that. You're getting a dividend and, and, it's, and it's growing compound. Like I so, said, the whole snowball effect. Yeah, so it's the right? 180 so, you put in is actually three. It's almost double what you put in. And, and you can't, and you're not going to get that type of return no. tax-free <laughs> guaranteed anywhere. Yeah. 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 So you can use that as a pension where you're, you're drawing, let's say at age 65, right? You're almost 2,500 a month, right? That you can take out tax-free as a pension, or, you, you know, you can take a lump sum out. It's up to you. And you still have that death benefit intact. Man. So you basically created a whole new pension plan on top of other pension plans that may exist right. from your employee or from whatever other retirement stuff by like doing this one any, any, any other plans that you have set, right? Yeah. For the future, for retirement, you just created an additional, uh, additional tax-free pension to supplement uh, you know, whatever, whatever you have going on. So I'm going to ask, you know, it could be an obvious question. I know... I have my insurance guy, everyone has insurance guy, you're my insurance person. How come no one talks about this? Like, like how come this is never brought up or is it brought up in a way that is just intimidating? Like, does that make so, sense? So that's a good question. And, and, and a number of reasons, right? Most, I wouldn't say most, but many, many insurance brokers, right? insurance agents, they're, they're trained to push you know, term plans. Yes. <clears throat> That's what I hear all the time. I mean, I mean, and there's a, there's a purpose for, for term, right? There's many purposes, whether you're looking to cover your mortgage, um, right? Whether you're looking to cover certain debts in case something happens to you, you're only one, you know, it's, it's affordable, mm -hmm. right? It's very affordable. Whether you have uh, business partners, right? And you're looking to cover, you know, each other's interests, right? Insurable interests. But term is, you know, people make the most money on, on term, brokers. For insurance companies. Uh, okay. And why is that? Why why are these insurance companies making the most money? Because the majority of of the clients, right? The majority of the customers are going to outlive that term based on life expectancy. Right? Life expectancy is now it's like 85 years old. But there's a need for it to cover that gap where you know the unexpected. Yeah. Something yeah, yeah. does happen to you. Yep. You're going you're going to need that coverage. No, but actuaries figure out, you know, this male or this female, healthy or not, oh, that's, is supposed to live yeah, yeah. a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why they sell it. You know, this type of product, you know, it may be too complicated for you know, people to understand. People don't explain it well enough. And, you know, there's, there's not as much value, right? There's not as much value in it yeah. because eventually, as long as the policy stays intact. Yep. Somebody's going to get paid out, whether you use the cash or not. The beneficiary, whether you live to 120 years old, 
that is going to get paid out as permanent benefit. Okay. Cause I was worried, I'm like, such a good thing. How come they don't teach it earlier? And I, and I know financial education is financial education or general schools isn't discussed. I'd, and let's be honest, I mean, inner city schools don't get it, where so maybe suburban schools do. Um, and even that's relatively new, and at least in my experience, with like, I didn't get it at all in school. We were just taught get a job, pay your bills, get married, get kids, that's it, right? But now my son is freshman in high school and he's taking a financial course. Like he has to have a stocks and he's got to put this, like they're teaching about stocks and mutual funds. And yeah, listen, listen there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot more information out now, Yeah. Um, right? There's easier access uh, to information right? in general now. So, so it, is, it, is, it is a little more accessible, but you know, I'll give you, give you an example, like a, like a Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah. Coach from Michigan. I don't know if he's gonna be he's he's not in Michigan anymore now, but no, he he extended five years. Did he extend it? He did a five year extension. Okay. He interviewed at uh either for for the Minnesota job and they didn't give it to him, he got it to someone else, and okay. then he signed a five year extension. All right. So, as of last week. <laughs> so, so I'll give you an example. He 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 has a plan just like this. Okay. What he did is he's right, he's he's on a different level but he's going to have a $2 million pension every year at retirement. I mean, he's putting a ton of money. He's in, put a ton of money, putting in. A ton yeah. of money in to fund the policy, but yeah. it's all relative, right? Yeah. But you're, if you're, if you're putting $500 a month and getting 2,500 a month at retirement tax-free, it's amazing. No, but, and here's, and I'm glad you said that, right? Cause what I don't want people to take away from this is that once they see these numbers of, you know, two million a year and, 1250 a month left over and 250 bucks a month. They think, oh, this is not me. And they just log off and go to the next podcast. And that's it. That's not the case. There it goes. And you said it before. There goes with a certain discipline you need to do to do this. There has to be, you have to be disciplined. And V, just to, just to circle back, I want to, I want to go back to our four squares. Yeah, go ahead. Grab those four squares. All right. So I got my, this is, this is my money. This is working for me. This is my money. Do what I want to do with it. Put them all together, right? All right, so I'm going to take my so four squares here. Right? So, so we had, what, 2500 Uh, Yes. Right? Yeah, 60 up, 2500 bucks. You said you needed, you needed what to live on? Uh, According to the example, 300 of... No, three, what was coming out every month? Uh, 2500 bucks was coming out. 2500 a month, right? Yeah, it was coming out. And that was your excess? Yes, 20, so basically 50% 50, 50 of my income was allocated, essentially, on a monthly basis. Right? 50% was coming out. Yep. Now... With this number right here, this is twenty five hundred. Yes, this right? is twenty five hundred. Correct. We have left left over. over. Have left over. Now, all I'm telling you to do is take out twenty percent of that. Twenty percent of that twenty five hundred you have left over, which is five hundred. Yep. Right. Yep. So we're gonna take twenty percent of that five hundred. Yep. And what that's going to do is, when you're time when it's time for you to retire. Yep. It's going to create that twenty five hundred dollars that you need. Already when I'm retired. So I'm glad you said percentages. Again, we're using examples. We're using a 20% number here. Let's just stick with that. So if you have $1,000 left over a month, 20% is 200 bucks. If you have 500 bucks left over a month, 20% is $100, right? So take that 20%, whatever 20, left over. 20% of your leftover money. That's what right? you want to use for something like this. Yes, because that essentially that 20% Leftover money is going to fund all of your expenses by the time you retire. 
if, if you still have the same 2,500 going out. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the 80, 20 rule. Basically so you're saying, Hey, take 20% of it, live over that 20%. So that's what you're basically saying. Hey, listen, take the 20% out of your leftover, put it into a put policy it, it like this. Out of sight, out of mind. That's right? it. I mean, the purpose is to use it, use the cash. So can that, policy. and I don't know if you guys this, can that be done? Can it be where it's a direct debit where it comes out? So people are like, yes, yeah, so it can come right out of your, out of your checking Okay. Savings account. And, and the reason why I say I think that's important because it's important too because some people forget to you're not going to send the check people forget to send the check in every month. Absolutely. Now we're not going to forget to pay our bills, but so I know money in, the, in that account. I've got a few nephews who I ain't going to call you out on this podcast, but you know who you are. Who have been who opened up an IRA and they've yet to fund it. They funded it initially when I told them to do it, uh-huh. and then I'm like, did you, did you fund anything? No. Why? I wanted some some rooms for my car. Come on, man. You know, because they had to write a check. But that habit goes into the rest of lifestyle. So, but a direct debit, except outside of mind, they only got a chance to spend it. They can't say, oh, well, wait a minute, you know? And, and, and that's why I do this exercise because I ask you this, right? Once we have these four squares out, I ask you, what can you live on yeah. per week, per month? Yeah. Right? That's what I want to know. So, if you can live on a certain amount comfortably, yeah. right? excess money, then this comes out of your check every month, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You can live on X no, amount of dollars. Correct. You can live on. No, it's, it's, all, it's, it's all relative. It, I was, I was just going to say, it's all relative. It's almost like when my wife and I first bought our house, uh, a, a good friend of ours was a realtor before I was a realtor. You know, we were looking at houses. We got pre-qualified, looking at these mortgages. I'm like, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. And I, I'm telling him, you know, we're getting cold feet. And he's, he says, listen, You'll be amazed when you really, when you buy a house, you will work around what the house needs. You'll, you'll start cutting stuff yourself. I think something like this, in my personal opinion, not, not financial advice, my personal opinion, this needs to be looked at that because I just had a discussion with my nephew last week and very, very mature for 20 years old. And he said, He's making decisions now for who he wants to be at 40. You know, now I'm like, screw you, because 40 is not that old. Okay, so hell with you. <laughs> but I get his point. His point is that I want to make decisions now that when I am 40, I don't need to make those harder, those really hard decisions when I got cut and stuff like that, you know. So for 20 or think that way is actually pretty impressive. But I don't want to scare people away saying, if you're you're 40, 47, 50, 55, listen to this. You can still take advantage of this. It all depends on where you're at financially. I get it. I'm not saying everyone has this kind of money laying around, but that doesn't mean you use that as an excuse, in my opinion. It means that and if you it is what it is. And if you don't need access to that money immediately, most people are putting it in the bank. Yeah, it's a, we all want a savings account, savings account, savings account. Well, okay, make this a savings account. Right? That you actually gives you a better return. Money aside. For emergency sake yeah but if you're not going to use that money might as well make it work more for you yeah right? how easily can this be accessed once you put into it like if i do want to buy an investment property yes. i do you know if i've got 100 grand in there i want to buy a 50 000 property how easily can that be done very easy Okay, so it's something that it's not like I go through hoops and takes three to four weeks to process. No, no, nothing I mean, like that. You okay, contact the company. You tell them you want to take a withdrawal. Yep, and you know, it's, it's a matter of days. Very quick. Yeah, within okay. a week. Then we get it done. 
So you're not like hog tying the money up. <laughs> what are you no, gonna do with not. that? Okay, cool. It's your money. It's your cash yeah, yeah. in there. It's like I said. It's just like you look at it like it's your own bank. Yeah. All right. So just a reminder. This is again. This is Anthony Romano from uh, Romano Castellum Agency Group, uh, agency rather. And um, we're talking about how the wealthy keep getting wealthy and how they keep banking and how they create their own banks. And that's what we're doing here. We, that's what we want to do. We want to create this banking system for you guys. Um, so we're gonna we want to take a quick break. We're gonna come back. And we're going to talk about, actually, don't, don't tell them. Y'all got to tune in for the next episode, see what we're talking about. But this is going to be like a mini series that we're doing uh, with uh, Anthony Romano here. Um, we're not done with this topic, though, but we got some more to go on with you guys. So um, we will, for now, let your brain kind of relax and replay this episode a marinate couple of times. A yeah, let it marinate yeah. a little bit and go back to it. Um, we're going to do some more stuff here to do some more educational pieces on how um, you also can not just be rich, but be wealthy and how you can create your own systems here uh, within your, you create your own ecosystem within your, your family. Um, don't go anywhere. Please, please don't leave us. Oh, we, 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 have a lot, we have a lot to do here. And um, each and every week, what we try to do is bring you guys value, like I said before, and uh, each and every week, I end the episode the same way. And that's, don't, just do right by the client. If you do right by the client, everything else will fall into place. I promise you that. And sometimes you're the client. Take care of yourself and everything else will fall into place. That's one thing I can guarantee to you guys. Outside of death and taxes, just do take care of yourself first. Put yourself first and everything else will fall into place. So see you guys next week on the next episode. Anthony's going to be here. We're going to do some more educational stuff. Talk about how you can basically leverage insurance uh, to basically level yourself up to that next level. All right. Take care. See you guys soon.